Brad and Glenda Pius. Thank you so much for sewing into Morning Drive Bible. Without your commitment and support, this initiative couldn't come to fruition. Good morning from Jerusalem. My name is David Krupman. My name is Scott Kahn. And welcome to Morning Drive Bible. Welcome. Let me tell you, David, people have been welcoming themselves into our phone lines. They've been buzzing. The emails have been dropping. People have been going crazy after our last episode. I think they're saying I have a perfect face for radio. That is not what they're saying. You have a wonderful TV face. I have the radio face in this relationship. What they're saying is that, what were we talking about last time? We said a few things which were pretty radical, and then we didn't go into them in depth. So today we're going to explain what we meant. And the first of those issues is our translation of the first verse of the Bible, in the beginning God created heaven and earth. And we said that in the beginning doesn't mean in the beginning. It means in the beginning of. Or at the beginning. At the beginning. And create also doesn't mean that. So let me just explain what the issue is grammatically that we're dealing with. We have two words that begin the Bible that are problematic. They're problematic specifically because they don't really work together grammatically. The first word is bereshit. The word bereshit means at the start of or in the beginning of. It's b in reshit. The beginning of. Reshit itself is a word that's usually attached to something else. The word of is implied. So it sounds like in the beginning of. The problem is the next word is bara, which is a simple verb of created. So in the beginning of created, it doesn't work in English grammar and it doesn't work in biblical Hebrew grammar either. That's not a problem. That's an invitation to look deeper. So just so our listeners understand better what we were talking about, that's the issue grammatically. It should be either in the beginning of creation or in the beginning he created, and it implies either both or neither, which opens it up to various interpretations. I love what you said. It's an invitation into the text. See, that's a God spirit moment right now with Scott saying that word, an invitation into God's text. Thank you, David. Now, why don't you deal with the other issue that people were confused about? I don't know why we're even dealing with the account of Genesis to begin with. Who cares about how the world came into being? What does it do for me? So we said that it's a normative teaching. In other words, if it's in the Torah, it must be teaching me how to act. That's nice, but simply, I don't get why we have to go day by day of talking about what God created in the world. I live in the world. This is what God created. I see it. This is what he created. I like God's language to be exact, on point. Simply put, Scott, fast forward to Genesis chapter 2, verse 4. These are the chronicles of heaven and earth, and start from there. The first 34 verses in the Torah are apparently unnecessary. They're very nice, but why exactly are they here? We've always said because God's word is exact. What you said, revelationally speaking, it's an invitation to understand the text deeper because we're all trying to tap into that heavenly Torah based upon our canonized text. So it has to be a rhyme and a reason for the account of the beginning of the beginning. If I understand you correctly, what you're saying is that the first 34 verses can't be there just because it's a nice story of God's creation. It can't even be there to teach me the philosophical reality of what happened. There must be some specific message. And when we said it must be teaching me a message, what we mean is that the Torah isn't there to teach me other things. It's there to teach me how to live. If God placed these verses into the Torah, they must be teaching me how to live, not merely what happened. Absolutely, Scott. (laughs) By the way, David, if you want to take that even further, and some Jewish commentators do this, the question can be pushed 
even to a greater degree. Why not just the first 34 verses? Why is the entire book of Genesis there at all? All the stories of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, etc., as wonderful as they are, if they're not there to teach me a message, what are they doing here? Why don't I just know them by tradition? Why don't I simply have what we call midrash or an agadita, which means stories that are passed down from our sages, and then begin the Torah with the 12th chapter of Exodus, which is where the laws begin. The answer must be that they actually are teaching me something about how to live, presenting models for behavior, presenting ways that I'm supposed to act, ways I'm supposed to relate to my fellow man, and ways I'm supposed to relate to God. That must be why they're there. So in our next podcast, we're going to address why is the beginning of the beginning relevant to our lives every day? My name is David Nekrotman. My name is Scott Kahn. Blessings from Jerusalem. Jerusalem.